Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Burgundy Gold Knuckleheads podcast. You know it, you've got it memorized. But right sitting over there with me, it's my main man, Reggie. What's going on, Reg? <laughs> What's up, Ken? What's up, baby? Uh, not much, not much, man. We're, I, I, I was thinking about trying to do something different, uh, but I couldn't come up with anything. So I kind of stuttered and stammered there a little bit other than you know, my main man, Reggie, as everybody knows. Uh, I was trying to trying to improvise there, but clearly, hey man, uh, don't don't hey, don't be like EB, man. Don't overthink it. No, don't try to no, get no, cute. No. You, just try just, to get cute, man. No, I just tried to go with the flow, and, and the flow wasn't there, so I just introduced you as as generically as I could. Uh, uh, not that that's a bad thing with my main man Reggie, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we got a, we got a handful of things to cover today on 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 this podcast uh yeah obviously we're going to end up talking about the upcoming game between the seattle seahawks and your loving beloved team of washington commanders uh seattle is five and three against your four and five commanders uh but we'll talk about that here here shortly um right but we're basically at at mid-year right we're halfway through the season uh, maybe you know for us one game past midway and we just kind of wanted to re- kind of real quick go through some mid-year review obviously at four and five we are not where we were where we wanted to be um so there may be you know it's not it's not unheard of to have some criticism on at this point of the season but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, your ge- just generic general thoughts on that, Reg? Well, well, it's funny you said the mid, mid-year, and, you know, because of the, the 17th game, is there really a mid-year? I mean, you, you're either eight weeks in or you're nine weeks in because – Well, we could have like- do done it at halftime last week, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, put it exactly. out there real quick. Real quick. Exactly. So, so either way, you do it after eight weeks or nine weeks, and you know technically you're you're in a halfway point. But uh, but a little bit of commercial business, man. I want to say you know again, just a good big shout out to everyone that uh, listens to us, uh, whether you stream us on streaming platforms or you watch us on YouTube, man. So we always want to thank our our listeners and our viewers. Uh, for tapping in and uh, listening to what the knuckleheads have to say. And, uh, you know, as was, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you can see our Twitter handle that's strolling across the bottle, bottom of the screen here. And uh, our Twitter handle is at the two knuckleheads. That's at D-A, the number two, followed by knuckleheads. So, again, appreciate everybody and just wanted to get a little bit of the commercial business out of the way. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the midseason, man, um, you know, the season hasn't gone quite the way I would have expected. Right. Uh, hasn't gone quite the way I wanted it to go. Um, you know, on one hand, this looks very much like the last three years under Ron Rivera. Start slow. Starting on a win streak, and they keep preaching that, oh, by the way, we're right in the thick of things. Well, being right in the thick of things with this team means that we're fighting, clawing, and scratching with the teams that are all at the bottom of the barrel, and every week for the next eight weeks has to be a potentially a playoff game for us because we don't have much room for error because of the slow start. Right. The flip side of this thing is – there's a lot of positivity and a lot of optimism going forward with this team that things will be different next year because we have new ownership and it looks like we found our quarterback. So it's kind of like a, I don't want to call it yin and yang, but it's kind of like, on what, it's just kind of a catch 22. We look the same. The results seem to be the same, but there's optimism that things are going to be different hopefully started next year. So, you know, that's, that's kind of my initial overall thought um, um, of the team. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I, I don't necessarily disagree with, with some of your statements there. I think especially last year and this year, again, um, we expected the defense to carry this team while last year, you know, Heineke and uh, Wentz kind of got into a rhythm this year. We think, Oh, let, let the defense kind of play tough. A um, couple moves that they made some, some people getting healthy that were not healthy last year. Um, and once again, if anything, it's, it's, it's the offense, right? When the, when the offense is, is clicking and, and not that it's been, you know, by, uh, you know, any kind of shootout offense type of offense, but when the offense produces, Washington seems to be in the game or potentially winning the game. Um, cause the, the, the defense hasn't, hasn't pulled their weight, uh, no, based off of, close. yeah, based off close. of, uh, the, the personnel and the expectations and everything there. So it, um, you know, it's, <laughs> Uh, you know, we're all at a little bit of a loss. Um, and, and because of that defense, you know, we lost, uh, I say lost, we traded away, uh, sweat and chase young. And after one game, you know, we commented on our last podcast, it wasn't, uh, any, anything dramatic, any dramatic difference on the, the defense overall. I think there was probably a little bit less, a little bit less quarterback pressure, but, the results were were the exact same. So, uh, you know, let them go. You weren't going to re-sign them at, for the for the amount that uh, they they re-signed for, or or in Sweat's case, what he he re- has signed for with uh, Chicago Bears, um, and and probably Chase is looking for something close to that, and we're, we weren't going to pay him either. So, well, it's funny. It's funny you say that because the the. The four games that we've won so far, it had everything to do with our offense and not our defense. Right. And and I think the difference between this team being better turns out that it was going to be the play of the defense. And the fact that the defense has not lived up to expectations, we're kind of a middle-of-the-road middle team. And so the defense has essentially let us down, right? I think everyone thought that the That's offense – Offense had a lot of question marks, right? How would EB be as an offensive coordinator? What would he bring? How things would look differently? There's a lot of hope about that. And then what what would we get from Sam Howe? We know how he how he looked in the last game of the season against the Cowboys, but yet how would he look with an offseason going into as an official first-year starter? And to me, those guys have exceeded expectations. And but the defense is sat here and just re- look like they regressed, so to speak. Um, and in terms of last week's game against um, New England, and the defense didn't light it up from a defensive perspective in terms of hitting the big stats uh, against a bad New England offense. You know, I, I was listening to John Kime and some other folks that get paid to do a lot of film watching and they said that Mac Mac Jones has one of the quickest releases right. in the NFL. So he doesn't hold on to the ball. And so they were saying that because of his ability to get rid of the ball so quickly, the rush was not able to get there. So if you had a situation where he, he didn't have the fast release, a lot of those would have been pressures and sacks. Right. So there's optimism, but, you know, here they here they are going against the Seattle team where I don't know that Geno holds on the ball to a lot, uh, uh, holds the ball a lot longer, but you certainly have a situation where he's going to uh, beat you with his legs, but he also has a knack for going deep. And if you're going to go deep, then that means you tend to hold the ball a little bit longer. So there's a there's a potential for more pressure and more sacks this week uh, going up against Seattle. So we'll see how the defense, the defensive line performs this week against a different style of offense. Yeah. As, as I was looking, you know, we talked about the mid-year review and, and I don't want to spend too much time on this. I kind of want to move on and not get, you know, trapped in the, in this conversation, um, for mid season review for too long. 
But I think overall, when I look at it quickly, when I look at the, if I'm looking at good and bad, um, the good part is as we've talked about Sam Howell, uh, especially when as the last couple of weeks the offensive line has uh, it had some improvement. Uh, by no means have they been stellar, but they've been, they've had improvement and and you see the same you see with Sam having more time making good decisions other than the one last week uh he's making good decisions and accurate passing and everything that you want from again a first year rookie quarterback um the the bad you know it, it's you know it, it's i don't want to just totally dump on everybody that's not named sam Howell, right because there are players that that are playing well but it gets overshadowed sometimes because you know everybody else. You know if half of, if half of the defense is playing well and half of it is playing like crap, everybody looks like crap because there's too much there's too much breakdown. There's too many missed tackles. There's you know people getting beat at the line. What whatever the case may be. Um, but as, as opposed to going and and just crapping on everybody, the thing that that bothers me the most from a bad perspective is for the last couple years, whether it was Chase and Montez, whether it was uh Jam and Davis, this year I'll I'll throw in um uh Jahan. We keep waiting for these younger players to make to take the next step, right? And nobody ever does. It's like Whatever you see in these players year one, that's that that's at this point, that's been their max. And it's not like second year, third year, all of a sudden you're like, oh, he's he's coming along now. He gets it, right? Uh, the skills, whatever else it is. Um, and so, you know, I, I hope that doesn't, you know, uh, set the stage for Emmanuel Forbes or Sam Howell, that they've reached their max here, but a lot of these players, we I've what we've keep on waiting for them or saying, oh man, they're gonna bust out next year. Wait, wait, I think I've been hearing good things in in spring training. I've been hearing good things in uh, in mini camp, wh whatever I say, spring training like it's baseball uh, in mini camp or in, in uh, during the preseason. Uh, I mean, I'll use an example. Uh, preseason and really game one, maybe we saw a lot of production from the tight ends. The last four or five weeks, six weeks, where are the tight ends on this team? I mean, are, I, I don't know, right? And so again, it, that that's a that's a letdown that that people aren't going to the next level. Um, whether that's coaching, whether that's the players, whether it's the scheme, I don't know. But I would like to see some of these players all of a sudden take off and go, oh, yeah, yeah. He, he had a good rookie season, but now, now he's something special. Now he's truly something special. And ultimately, you want that in your quarterback if you can get that in from anybody on the team. But for the last few years, that hasn't happened with anybody uh, on Washington. So, Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, and, um, and that's, very, that's valid. Um, I think part of that, in my opinion, has to do with the type of players that I think run targets, right? So I've, I've, you've heard me say it before. I think the biggest lie that teams tell you during the NFL draft is they take best player available. And that is such a crock of you-know-what, right? Right. Right. You don't take the best player available. You take the best player available based on what you need at that time. Sure. And so because of that, I think Ron and his GMs have tried to go find these guys, a certain type of guy. That certain type of guy that Ron is looking for may not be the best at that position. Jamie Davis was probably not the best linebacker that they drafted. Did they need a linebacker? They did. All right. But they went and got a guy that we're like, who, what from who, where, right? Right. 
And I think Ron thought, well, he's got a lot of traits like the guys I used to coach in Carolina. Right. And he's got some good NFL traits. So let's take a flyer on this guy. And if it turns out, it looks like you found the guy that no one else, everybody else overlooked. Right. As opposed to just going and getting the blue chip guy from Michigan, Penn State, a name, whatever, the big university. Ron goes and tries to snatch a guy from a small school. Well, that's not known to produce a lot of football talent. So I think that's part of it. The next regime may not quite handle it that way. Right. They're going to trust the scouts and they're going to say, hey, listen, man, this guy is pretty damn good. He's got some he's got some off the field issues, but he's pretty damn good. If you can get him straight, he'll play. <laughs> and that regime is going to go with shit. Let's, let's let him play. Ron sits there and go, oh, he's got some problems off the field. Ooh. His family was in the military. Oh, no, I like that. That's, that's a certain type of athlete there. If his family in the military, he's probably got a good upbringing. Let's go with that guy. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's yeah. got a little bit less. He's got a little bit less talent than the guy over here at big university. He's got a little bit of question marks off the field. Don't want that guy. He's not good in the locker room. I want to go with the military guy. All right. So Ron goes and get those kind of guys. And I think to your point, they don't maximize the talent. Every now and then you might get that guy that the Luke Keekleys of the, of the, of the world that all of a sudden pans out and Ron's like, see, we can find talent. So to me, I think that's a little bit of what he what he what he does. All right. Um, I don't. I think Johan Dotson is the real deal. Um, I still got hope for Manuel Forbes, and from a tight end perspective, I agree with you that the tight ends have not uh, jumped out in this offense like I think a lot of people thought we did. No one thought that they put up Travis Kelsey type numbers. Right. But. Cole Turner was supposed to be this guy. But once again, was he? Right. Nobody else was talking about Cole Turner, but we sure as hell did when he snatched him out of out of Nevada. Yeah. And it turns out the guy don't like to block. Well, if you look at yeah. Travis Kelsey, if you look at uh Kevin uh Kittle, them boys will block, they'll catch, they'll do it all. Right. Cole Turner's got the good catch radius, right? Remember this catch yeah. radius. Yeah. yeah. But if and, you can't and, get your if you can't get your ass out here and block down on a defensive lineman or a linebacker. Yeah. Because you know, the guy, because because for the second year in a row, Cole Turner has disappeared when the season started. Yep. We hear a lot about him in training camp, and then the season start, he disappears. And I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and, and so, normally, uh, normally for a young quarterback, um. You know, a tight end tends to be a kind of a check down guy, right? Uh, the safety valve of, of the tight end who 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 blocks, you know, he helps chip block or or do whatever, and then he goes and, and does a quick little curl or or over into the I'm not gonna say the not not like a screen type of flat, but he'll go over uh wide flat to be the release valve. And yeah. and I know um Sam tends to keep his eyes downfield um, compared to some of the other quarterbacks that have come through here over the last few years. He's less likely to check down on something real short uh, as quickly as some of the other um, quarterbacks. And, 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 and to be fair, that's probably why he's gotten sacked a, a handful of times when he should have let it go. Um, but yeah, there's just not much production from the tight ends this year. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll give you one more point that's concerning about the tight end position. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's been talked about quite a bit. And that is Sam spreads the ball around. In other words, he throws the ball. He seems to throw the ball to whoever's open. Right. Whatever the defense is going to give him. He's not favoring Jahan. He's not favoring Terry. Although everyone knows Terry's our best receiver. He doesn't favor Terry. He doesn't favor any one particular person. Like last week, I think nine different people caught a ball. Right. And the numbers were outstanding. And he's done this throughout the season. So the fact that he's willing to spread the ball around and yet our tight end position isn't getting a lot of catches is another reason why the tight end position has not shown up with this team this season. 
in well, Eric Bieniemy's offense. Well, it's a, again, there's there's uh, fill, fill in the blank of the tight end that hasn't stepped up and gone to the next level, right? Um, and again, I'm not talking about you know I'm not trying to you know dots. I'm I've been happy with Dotson, but if he goes to the next level, whether it's the back half of this season, next season, you know, then, then you're adding just that much more trouble uh, for other defenses uh, downfield. And uh, the last couple of weeks, he's, he's, we've seen, a seen more involved in, uh, you know, doing he's better than the done. first three or four weeks uh, of the, of the season. So, uh, you know, this, this may be, you know, kind of the, the turn for, for him uh, this year. And as a, as a fan, we absolutely love it. Um, just real quick, I was going to go. You want to do a, an offensive MVP and defensive MVP? That uh, you know, for the sake of time, we don't have to even do offensive or defense. We can just do who we think is the midseason. I'll, I'll leave that up to you. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you for me. I, I just real quick, offensive MVP. I think it's kind of obvious that Sam Howell. Uh, nobody on the offensive line is getting it. Um, maybe, may, maybe uh, Scary Terry, uh, but but it all it, it all revolves around Sam Howell. Um, and to him distributing the ball compared to other years where Terry would just be the main focal point. Um, you know, Terry's numbers are, are probably down are down a little bit because of that. Um, and so I would on offensive, I would give it to Sam Howell. defense is hard to give, right? Who, who do you give to earlier, early in the season? It looked like Payne was earning, earning that contract. Uh, the first three or four games, he was making an impact. He was breaking up plays, even if he wasn't, um, making the play, he was disrupting the plays and changing it on teams. Uh, uh, had a number of uh, uh, tackles on running backs for negative yardage. Um, and he seems to have, I don't know if he's getting more double teams or uh, what it is, but it seemed like he he's not as impactful. Uh, the person I went through on defense was St. Juice. Um, he has done, he's done a, a a, a pretty solid job. Um, every, everybody in the secondary is you're going to get burned at, at some point, but I think St. Juice has con, has been the most consistent player on an inconsistent team. Maybe you know, like again, that'd be probably St. Juice of Payne would be one of my two, uh, but I'd give the nod at this point to St. Juice, and I'll let you comment on that or whoever you got. Okay, so you you gave Sam as your offensive and St. Juice as your defensive. What about your over your overall team team MVP? Uh, overall team, uh, trust way. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, I, I, again, the, we, say, we say it every year. Uh, this this team has some talent. Uh, I think the offensive line. Uh, Ron and company made moves to make this offensive line better, it didn't work. Um, if the offensive line was, was better, uh, even what we're seeing the last couple of weeks, if we would have seen that since week one, uh, you'd have to give it to Sam Howell because he'd have more time. And I think his production would be better. His, the sacks would be down dramatically. Um, you know, he wouldn't be having seven, eight, nine, sack games he would have you know two or three sack games and we you can live with that with a young quarterback um so uh, yeah overall i'd have to i'd have to give it to to sam um but our offense isn't isn't blowing anybody away so that's a not not to criticize him but that's not the strongest overall team mvp for anybody okay okay well real quick i'll give you mine uh my mid-season offensive mvp goes to Sam Howell as well. Um, excuse me, my midseason defensive MVP. It's going to be Cam Curl. Um, I would agree that it was kind of hard to pick someone off of the defense. Um, but I went the consistency route as well. Someone who's played well, who's not given up a lot. Uh, blown coverages or big plays on the defensive side of the ball. And and, uh, and in this case, he happens to lead the team in tackles. So I'm going to give it to Cam Curl. Um, in terms of the overall team MVP, I agree with you. Just 
just simply by default from the offensive side of the ball, it's got to be Sam Howe because to me, offensive line doesn't get it and all of our skill position guys are only going to do so much based on the Sam. And for me, uh, for a guy, Sam Howe, to be in his 10th start in his career, I mean, think about that, just 10 games. And to be second in the league in passing behind only Tua out of Miami, he's seventh in touchdown uh, uh, passes, which he's thrown 14. Now, keep in mind, he's seventh in touchdown passes, and the guy who's in the league is Tua has 19. So even though he's seventh, he's only five behind the leader. Right. For – an offense that even you just said, and by most by most people's accounts, we're not a great team. But yeah, he's thrown he's five touchdown passes off of the touchdown leader halfway through the season. So to me, he has got with to a, be the with team a bad offensive line. <laughs> with a bad offensive line. And and this is a guy, in my opinion, who has solidified himself as QB1. And Ken, I can tell you, for someone who's been a fan of this team for a very, very, very long time, I can't recall the last time that I have been able to go into every game, every game, and I'm going to say probably since week two, because going into this year, we didn't know what Sam was going to be. Right. But since week two, I've not gone into a game wondering, concerned, or scared, wondering what's going to happen from the QB position. It's, it, it's like, what else are we going to do to help Sam? Right. But I'm not been wor- I've not been worried about Colt McCoy, Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz. You, you just name it. I can't, you know, Sanchez, Hi- all the quarterbacks. Right. I can't remember the last time I've gone into a game week in and week out, whether we win or lose. I'm not concerned about how Sam's going to perform. Uh, I I agree. I agree. Right. So so as a fan of this team, man, Sam's QB one in my opinion, and this team needs to do everything they can going forward to build around Sam Howell. So midseason MVP for me is going to be the QB QB one Sam Howell. Yeah, and and just to piggyback on that, the. Yeah, as we talk about what it takes every week to win and lose and and things that might make us stumble, you know, we talk about the offensive line. We talk about running it more, not running it more, Um, you know, stopping a scrambling quarterback, stopping the pass, the big play on pass. We 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 never say, man, Sam Sam Howell needs to step up his game. And Sam Howe can't do this. He can't do that. You know, we might talk, you know, there's criticism of him that, uh, you know, there's probably a, a number of the sacks that he he should have thrown the ball away or he held it too long and maybe should have checked down. But those are those are very, those are mistakes that are rookie, rookie mistakes. And as you see through the season and as offensive line gets a little bit better, we're seeing that you know those those mistakes dramatically drop off, um, and and I think we'll continue. Well it, well, it wasn't just Sam; it was a combination of a lot Absolutely. of things, including the offensive line. Yes, and yes. with the with the adjustment that's been made on this team, from an offensive line perspective, we've seen a change and an adjustment in Sam's play. So again, it goes back to that there are, there were a lot of things that was contributing to to the, the high number of sacks, including Sam, Sam himself. So absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then even, you know, through the, through the, a lot of the challenges, whether it's the sack challenges, whether it's, um, you know, lo- losing a few games in, in a row, um, the way that Sam has handled it, uh, he, he's never thrown anybody on the, under the bus. He, he takes the blame, even when it's not necessarily his fault. We know there's been a couple of games where the offensive line, you know, c- couldn't stop anybody, couldn't stop anything. Right. And he would say, well, I, I just need to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. Uh, I need to be he, faster. He never threw his lineman. No, if anything, he took the blame. And again, that's a young quarterback that 100%, you know that internally he gets frustrated. 
because he would like that extra half a second. He would like to be able to make that play. Um, but he's 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 the team player and, and and does everything that you want from a professional quarterback uh in this league. So I hope I didn't just give Sam the kiss of death. Correct. Um, but um I still believe in the kid. And so as we go on the road to a place that Sam Sam has never played. Uh, he said that he has not never experienced it. Uh, so he's not sure what to expect going to Seattle in the 12th man. Yeah. Uh, Seattle's coming off of a, a beat down. The boys got drove playing the Baltimore Ravens. I think it was like 37 to three or something. I don't remember what the score was, but it was ugly. Correct. And I know it was ugly, Ken, because I have several players on my fantasy football team from Seattle. And them boys got me single-digit numbers. I'm talking like less than five. Right. Multiple players. Yeah, yeah. Right? My quarterback got hurt, so I had Geno Smith for the game against Baltimore. I'm like, win or lose, Geno's going to chunk the ball around. Geno got right. me three points. <laughs> How the hell you get me three points in fantasy, Geno? <laughs> yeah. So they got drove against the Baltimore Ravens, man. And uh, so our boys, the good boys – from D.C. are going to head to the Pacific Northwest and take on Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Um, I think Seattle is five and three. We're Correct. four and five. Um, Seattle is three and two at home. So home has been been nice to them thus far. Um, and, of course, everyone knows that those fans show up and show out uh, as and they they represent the 12th man, you know, proudly. And I think they're going to give it they're going to be there to give it to to us as the visitors. And especially given what happened to them last last Sunday. Yeah. Um, to your point, they they are five and three. Uh, their last six games, they're four and two. Doesn't sound like much of a difference, but their four wins, if you, if you look at their schedule, their four wins are against Carolina Panthers, worst team currently. Um, the New York Giants, they're not, they're, they're pretty much right there with Carolina Panther, Panthers, Arizona, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and the, the Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Browns have a good defense, but offensively they're, they're not doing anything. So those, those are their four, you know, four wins in the last six games. Uh, their losses are against the Ravens and the Bengals. So they're beating bad teams. You know, the, the, the bottom of the bottom, that's who they're beating. Um, we, we are in the middle of the middle, <laughs> along with Seattle. So. You know, th this would be a, an, an an interesting game uh, because when you look at a lot of the statistics, especially offensively, they, we we are right on par with them. Uh, they're averaging about uh, twenty one points. I think we're averaging like twenty one point eight points uh, passing yards and uh, rushing yards is not a significant amount when you look at it per game. Um, they're passing the ball about 58% of the time. So they're, they're closer to, to, you know, keeping it on a even, uh, run pass ratio to where Washington is at a roughly a 65%, uh, point right now. So, um, yeah, you you're, the teams play differently the way they attack, but a lot of their, from a stats perspective, they're, they're very much on par with each other. Uh, although their their defense statistically is better than Washington's because Washington is, you know, giving up a lot of points in in a lot of games, unfortunately. Yeah, but I think their defense is probably just overall better. Um, I, and, and I say I say they're better because they're getting production at every level, and they're getting production from multiple players. We're trying to get our defense to perform as a unit because we don't we don't have that standout guy statistically, I guess, if you want to say that we have always thought that we would have on our team between 
John Allen, Payne, Sweat, and uh, 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 Chase Young, no one really jumped out there and took took the mantle as, man, that guy is just something else, right? When right. you think of San Francisco, you think of Boso. When you think of Cleveland, you think of Garrett. You know, the list goes on and on. Right. When you think of Washington, they talk about our front that had the four first rounders, but you never speak of just one guy. Um, and two of those guys are gone now. And this is where we need Payne and uh, Allen to step up. I mean, they got paid based off of their production, so we need that production. Right. But when you look at Seattle, Seattle's got Witherspoon, you know, the young fella in the back end. Then they have Bobby Wagner in the middle. And then on the front, um, I forgot the guy that they had. And then they went out and traded for uh, the big defensive lineman, Williams, from the Giants. So they've beat up the defensive line. But right. my point being is they got guys at each level. And so as a defensive unit, they're not bad. They're, they're, they're pretty right. good. Right. In fact, I'm looking here at my notes here that they're 14th in the league in passing defense and they're 17th in the league in rush defense. And on paper, you may go, well, that's just middle of the pack. Well, shit, that's a lot better than we are. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so you need to be worried about it. You need to be concerned about it. Um, with Washington, there's question marks at the linebacker position. We're still not sure what we're going to get from the defensive front four because Payne and Allen aren't having the year that we all thought they would after the years that earned in the big contracts. And by no means am I saying that they're no longer the guys that they were. It's just that they're not making the splash plays that they were the years they were in contract years. It doesn't always have to be sacks, but right. man, they're not disrupting disrupting the plays they're not getting in the backfield they're not tackles for loss and all those types of things that earn them those big paychecks and then on the back end we're 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 bending but not breaking on the back end uh obviously we got Manuel Forbes who had a bounce back game but you know he's still learning St. Juice is having a very solid year and then Kendall Fuller is is being a steady guy and then Cam Curl but again there's no one out there where I think defenses are saying Hey, we need to look out for those guys. If we can block the forward front, we need to be worried about the linebacker or this or this corners and safety. There's nobody on our team that, that they're saying that. But we're going to go into the game worried about Wagner and Witherspoon. So, so there, there's something to be concerned here. I, I I know that they've not beaten any any powerhouse teams, but hell, neither, neither have we. Correct. Correct. Yeah. The uh, d defensively, um, what one of the things as I was looking over there, you know, we we played um, the Giants and Patriots, who are two of the biggest uh, high percentage blitzing teams out there. They're they're both uh, when we played them were forty percent, forty to forty five percent blitzing. Um, Seattle takes a different approach. They're one one of the least blitzing teams at only 22 percent um and if you look at washington i think washington is at about 31 30 31 to 34 percent uh they, they've kind of fluctuated here um so they're they're rushing with their front four uh they they do again obviously they're blitzing some but it's spot blitzing as opposed to um just sending the house. And so their, their approach defensively is, is to keep uh, seven back and they feel, you know, what Del Rio wants is, is for their four front four to get the pressure for Washington's front four. And then that'll make it easier on the seven that are back there. Well, that, that's kind of what Seattle's doing it. You know, they're not killing it cause they're not a, you know, a top five team, but they're consistently doing that uh, because they're, they're sex are on par with some of the some of the better teams they're not in the top five or seven but they're that next group um as far as sacks um and so again it's going to be a, a a different approach i think it's going to take more reading uh of the of the defense out there for sam compared to getting some teams that were blitzing a lot and you had one-on-one -on -one coverage you just had to find that that open receiver and that receiver that was uh on one-on-one -on -one and, and count on the receiver making that uh making that play um but it's, it's gonna be a little bit different approach for sam this week 
Okay. Well, we'll we'll see if they can get it done, man. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, EB seemed to have. I mean, the the team as a whole seemed to have made an adjustment, and ironically, it coincides with the changes on the offensive line. And the first the first week that happened was against Philly. We lost that game, but man, it was a close game. Again, under the wire, one, yeah. one of the better teams in the in the league. And then the second week was against against a New England team that statistically is not very good on the offensive side, but their defense is still really good. And and our offense came out on top in that game. Excuse me. So we're one and one since the offensive line changes, and so we're going to go to Seattle and let's see what happens. Is this going to is this going to make us two and one since the change on the O line, or we're going to be one and two? So we're about to find out, right? Uh, and I, th- I think we are about to find out a little bit, a little bit uh, more about what you think directly uh, on this upcoming uh, game, Reggie, because it's that time. Is that time? It is. It is. What's your name? What's your number? What's your confidence level on Washington walking away with a win at the end of the day? Let me tell you something, Ken. I listened to. To other podcasts, right? And people are starting to steal our segment. Just no, they're not. No, they're not. Yes, they have. They. What's your confidence level? They they don't have the music. They don't have the seventies music. However, they're asking people, "What's your confidence level? What's your confidence level? And what you gonna oh, do? Well, you, well, go go out on the knucklehead uh, audience out there." If you hear a podcast doing that, uh, especially if they're they're, they're directly a, approach is the same as ours, um, I want you to get on their. Because uh, I've heard get radio on the, get on their social media and tell them they're stealing from the knuckleheads. I mean, I've know, even heard radio stations doing it, Ken. Um, but yes, other people are stealing our our little our little stick here, man. But I mean, that's okay. I, they, I, they, I, say, I, they say they say they say. They say, uh, uh, "What's what's the word I'm looking for here? Is uh, is the form of flattery? What's that phrase? Well, well, imitation is well, imitation is the yes, greatest yes. form of flattery." Hey, man, this is cool. You know what? You guys can borrow that. I don't want to call nobody out. No, no, but I, I, I want I want us to be able to be at a certain level that people recognize that they're pulling it from us, right? Right? I, I don't I don't want ESPN taking it from us. Because then we're never going to get credit for it, right? Uh, it but anyway, ESPN, but we, <laughs> people are doing it. Just, just wait, just wait, ladies and gentlemen. You're going you're to hear this song on ESPN, and they're going to be shaking their heads just like Reggie does. I don't think they're going to hear the song. You don't think so? <laughs> no. They, 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 they don't pay the uh, royalties that that you and I pay. Uh, Wait, hold that, up. That song. We're, we're, hold on. We're paying money for this? <laughs> Man, yeah. Reggie's got deep pockets, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on. Wait a minute. We're paying money? We, that means that means we're losing money. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, with that being said, we'll, we'll talk to our accountants about it and, and right. see what those numbers are. Uh, we don't, uh, you know, we let somebody else take care of the books. Because uh, I think they should be paying us for playing that song. Uh, it could be true. That could be true. Maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe the the sponsorship will be coming our way, and and we'll we'll, we'll get you some uh, a seventies tie dye no, t shirt or something like no, that to wear. We're not. We're not. We're not. Oh, Reggie, with that, with that, uh, if you see Reggie at the bar uh, this coming Sunday, let him know if you think he would look good in a in a tie dye t shirt. Have you ever worn a tie dye t shirt, Reg? No, no, and, and we're gonna keep it that way. <laughs> Hell no, we're gonna keep it that way. All right, a burgundy and gold tie dye? No, no. All right, all no, right. no, no type of tie dye. I am. Oh, I know Reggie too well, and I—that is one hundred percent the reaction that I expected from my main man, Reggie. Hell no. <laughs> uh, we, we'll, we'll move on past that. Uh, we've had enough all little right. giggles here. Reggie, you want to go ahead and give a, your your confidence level uh, as we move across country from Washington to Washington? 
All right. Um, yeah. So as as I alluded to a little bit a few minutes ago, I mentioned that the team has played well a little bit um, since the change in the O-line. The O-line, I'm going to go on a limb and just believe, even though we're one and one in the past two games, I'm going to believe that the offensive line has turned the corner. And this new lineup that we have with Tyler Larson at center and Chris Paul on the left side, and then with Cosby on the right side, that interior offensive line has gotten a little more stout and is allowing Sam to be able to have a little a, a, a better pocket, cleaner pocket, or even in some cases allowing him to step up into his throws and, and allow routes to develop down the field. Yeah. That has that has generated uh more chunk plays in the in the passing game. Um however. We're four and five. Our four wins came up against teams that that will not make the playoffs. Arizona, Denver, Atlanta, New England. So we ourselves are not beating the echelon type teams. Seattle will be the first matchup since the past, since the New York game. Because we lost against New York, played Philly play New England. So this will be the first matchup uh, since our trade, I should say. Right. And along with the offensive line. So the two together where we're playing a good team. So let me let me make sure I say that right. Our first game since the trade, so our defensive front looks different along with the, the change on the offensive line. So this is our team now going forward. Last, last week was it off, new offensive line and Chase no, and Montez were gone. No, no. Our first game against a playoff caliber team. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes. Okay. So the two combined, new look defensive front and change along the offensive line against a playoff caliber team. Sure. So now I want to see what we look like. But as I said earlier, I need to see a trend on some things. So all of that said, my confidence that we travel up to the Pacific Northwest to the Seattle and face the Seattle Seahawks in the 12th man, my confidence number is a four. Four, four, man. The crowd, the crowd doesn't doesn't like that number, Reg. They they want, you know, they they're, they're homers, right? They're homers, and yeah. if, you know, when when you don't give a good grade, they they don't. Uh, Get a little disgruntled there. Well, hey, listen, man, listen. But it's an honest number. My 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 confidence number is subject to change, but you got to give me a reason to change it. No, I I I don't disagree with you. Um, my approach on how I'm looking at this game from confidence level is very similar to yours. Uh, but I will add that you know last week we weren't playing a a stellar offensive team by any means. Um, but other than the one, uh, play that they broke away for a long run for that touchdown, the defense played well last week. Um, and you know, they, they, they scored on a short field and a, and, and a big busted run. So, uh, the offense didn't look bad. I'm sorry. The defense didn't look bad last week. Uh, with that being said, this is the second week of the team gelling without Montez and Chase. And so I, I think actually they'll play a little bit better. Um, not that they're going to be, you know, world stoppers by any means, but I think they're going to, they're, they're going to play a little bit better and a little bit more consistent on, on giving pressure to the quarterback. Um, and, and with that, I'm, I'm also hoping that the offensive line continues to do what they're doing uh that allowing uh sam howell to to have time um when he's consistently had time his completion percentage has skyrocketed uh when he doesn't have time he's in the 63 to 65 uh percentage and and the games that he's had time He's up closer to 70, 72, 73%. And so if they can give him time again, 
um, you know, good things happen because of that. Uh, so I, I think Washington is going to do well. They're not going to they're not going to steamroll anybody, but I think Washington's going to come out uh, with a win. And I'm going to put the confidence level at a. I'm going to repeat last last week. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm drinking the Burgundy and Gold Kool Aid a little bit too much this week, but I'm at a six point five. Six point five, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Wow. Okay. All right. Hey, you know I was out on this team, man. After the New York game, I was I was fit to be tired, brother. Well, but, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Seattle's hey. a, a a a what I would call a, a true contender. You know, are they a contender to make the playoffs? Yeah, they might be. But as far as like a, a true contender, they're not there. And I think this is the first game that we will win that we feel a little bit better because we're playing a better team, right? You 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 we we talked about last week after we beat a bad New England team. Yeah, we won, but we didn't feel really good about it. Now, maybe if we would have you know beat them by twenty points, that'd be a little bit different. But I think this is going to be the, the first game where we walk away and go, okay, that was a nice solid win, uh, even if it was close. That was a nice solid win. So okay, well, we haven't done it yet. Nope. Which is why my confidence number is not high. So Seattle may not be. The team that's going to make a deep run into the playoff, but they're certainly right in the mix. And we have not beaten a team like Seattle this year. Correct. Right? We've lost. We've lost the teams that were worse than Seattle. So I hear what you're saying. And again, my number is subject to change, but you got to make me change it. So I understand. So we're I gonna understand. find out. We're gonna find out on Sunday. Hey, we're we're rooting at hundred percent, right? Absolutely. Our, our rooting 100%. level is at ten, you know, ten Absolutely. plus. Uh, but hey, we have our confidence level, and you know, look, Washington is is under five hundred. So again, I I admit, for whatever reason, I'm drinking the Burgundy and Gold Kool Aid this week. Um, I just have a have a feeling that we're gonna produce. And if we don't, if we don't win, or if we come out there and, and truly lay an egg, uh, hold on to the next podcast because I'm going to be like Reggie was <laughs> a few weeks ago and, and lose my mind. So, you know, time, time will tell. I might, you know, I, I might even have a. Normally, we have a celebratory drink. If we lose real bad, I might have two or three drinks and be that Henri grouchy. You lying? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I, I You're not gonna have no two or three I, I drinks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's just lying he's lying to everybody yeah, that's true that's true i am lying i am lying i'm not <laughs> so but anyway man let's let's get the folks out of here man so we'll be back uh with a post-game review of the uh seattle seahawks and hopefully we'll be having a victory podcast and uh but tune in, be looking for that. And again, we appreciate you, everybody. Until next time, peace out. Peace out, knuckleheads. <laughs>